Welcome to Gone But Not with me, Luke Aldridge. On this podcast, I'll be speaking to a different person each episode about death, loss, grief and mental health. Whether we like it or not, we will all experience loss at some point in our life. So why is it still such a taboo subject? One of the aims of this pod is to get people talking and normalise grief. Grief comes in all kinds of shapes and sizes, from losing a parent or friend, a family pet that you adored, to the breakdown of a relationship, to the loss of your health or career. I'll be chatting to friends old and new about their experiences. This could be people 20 plus years in, or those that are still in their first year. Either way, we're all in the club. I hope that you enjoy these conversations and they help you normalise death, grief and loss a bit. Maybe it'll even start the conversation with you. Hello you lovely lot, how you doing? Hope all's well and welcome to Pod 4B. This is the second half of the chat I had with my old pal Toby Kennedy. Um, I won't say too much more, There's uh, the intro and stuff is, uh, is has already happened in 4A really, only to say that there is some mild piss-taking of the people of Norfolk. Please don't write in, um, it's just two man-childs, uh, man-children, men-children, I don't know what the term is, uh, but it's two silly boys basically just um, trying to alleviate the, uh, the the heft of what we're talking about. Um, we're both big fans of Norfolk and um, all of the lovely people that live there. So, yeah, no offence, man. Please don't, don't be offended. I'll be back at the end to waffle a bit more. But uh, in the meantime, here we go. This is uh, the second half of my chat with the lovely Toby. But they are trying to challenge you yeah. to question why you're feeling that way. I think that's the thing that, that I've been given from the therapy thing is just the space to allow myself, just the permission to allow myself to feel this way, but to question, yeah. okay, what need is not being fulfilled? Why am I, I'm incredibly angry right now. Why? What, what need have I, what do I, how do I feel? What, uh, you know, and that process gets quicker and quicker and quicker until it's uh, sort of met. Is, is therapy is. something you're going to go back to, going back to the, the therapy conversation? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I don't, but I don't want to see anyone else. The lady that I saw obviously is employed by the NHS. Uh, mm. She did say in her, in our final session that she is looking to start um, uh, her own practice in the coming <clears> months. <throat> so she's going to let me know when she does, because I would hate to have to go through all of that again. Sure. Um, but, and we certainly really clicked. We got on very, very well. So yeah, absolutely. I think everyone should get some form of therapy or have someone to talk to, even mm. if it's just once a month or once every six months, just to check in. As I said to Amy in our last session, you know, just even if we've got nothing in the diary, just the knowledge that there's that safety net. Yeah, being able to go there back is to. someone who's not invested in my emotional well-being. Well, it's not that they're not in, on a personal level. Yeah, I know what you so, mean. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. She was saying that. Um, when, when they train uh, these therapists or counsellors, they she had to do therapy for three years for her own mental health. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. To make sure she me. was bomb-proof to hear other yeah. people's problems. I yeah. thought it was amazing. And she was like, I'm a huge fan of it. I, I see a therapist now. Right. Yeah, um, I, yeah I, I, know, I know that my 
therapist lost i think it was her mum and did and did therapy yeah because uh, i asked you know i asked her about about that you know did you go to a therapist when you did yeah and she said that they had to had to do a lot of it in terms of training yeah yeah i don't I, I agree i don't think it's i don't think it does would do anyone any harm i think it's difficult for some people to open up i think that yeah. you and i are quite you know more than happy maybe that's certainly from my for me it's possibly an arrogance thing i love talking about myself <laughs> i think i think deep down everyone loves talking about themselves don't they but um i think that we're quite again we're very similar in that we've got a handle on our own depression on our mm. own mental health on our own thought process we're quite in tune with how we work whether it's yeah. good or bad and uh, you know as a countless times said to amy in my sessions you know i know that i'm thinking this and i shouldn't be i know mm. all the reasons for for why <laughs> i should yeah. But I still think like this. So, and I think that, you know, for some people, that's very difficult to, to kind of get a hold on. They've, they've, they've almost descended so far into the pit of despair that, that they can't even see the light at the top of the well. You know, it's mm. just that they're just wallowing. And that's a, a, that's a loaded word. But I think a certain amount of, of guts, a certain amount of, um, of courage, it does take a lot of courage to sort of admit to yourself there's an issue this is how yeah. I am and it's and I know it's wrong you know and I think that it's difficult for some people to do that and I think you need to find the right therapist I think you need to find someone who Definitely. can draw yeah. out of you if yeah. you're having trouble and also I think you have to be the right kind of person to be able to take challenges in the vein with which they're presented you know no one's trying to say you're a dreadful person because you're thinking this way or because you feel this way second age yeah. you don't really I mean, I took up running a while ago. I sort of lost favour with it recently and I'm finding it difficult to get out, not least of all because every time I go out, I seem to injure myself. But um, <laughs> I do feel that, and it's difficult to get out of the door some days, but I do feel that some kind of physical activity, the endorphins, all that, you know, mm. they're onto something. I mean, they've been saying it for years and I didn't want to admit to it, but they are right. You've got to get out. I, mean, I, I, for I wouldn't your, know. I mean, you know. Well, you, well, you don't do anything anymore. I mean, I know your knees are fucked. But... You know, there, there's yeah. there's that. Um, yeah. I'm I, my shoulder, my kind of. I don't know if you remember. I I got hit by a car when I was doing my postgrad, and my shoulder popped. Do you remember? That's been giving me kind of grief. Yeah, both knees, both ankles. No, I mean, you know, I I have a mobility scooter to do the school run which I can't ride at the moment because of this. So um, so the boy is going in with, with mum at the moment. Um, taking it by himself. You've given him the keys. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, yeah, well, so would he. That's That would be the problem. No, so, I mean, I, I'm trying to do a, a more of a, a calorie-counted thing at the moment, trying to lose a okay. bit of weight. Sure. But doing it like that, because I can't, you know, I mean, as I say, I'm... I, I'm walking with a stick most of the time and yeah. can't do massive distances. Yeah. yeah, I mean I I think sort of eating better yeah sort of is you know it can only be a good thing and sort of in terms of yeah. energy and all the rest of it. I just find that I'm just, I'm always I'm always knackered. I think it's yeah. it's as you know it's meds sort of combination of, yeah, of sure. antidepressants and painkillers and stuff for the arthritis but yeah, yeah. I mean I I could have a nap every day. I don't but I could quite easily. Yeah, I I have a, a bit of an ambivalent relationship with sleep. I suffered with insomnia for ever such a long time and still sort of regularly have bouts of it. But mm. I did, um, there's a, another app 
I think it's an NHS thing called Sleepio, Sleepio, Sleep.io, right. um, which is only available in, I don't get this, it's only available in certain areas, even though it's a, an online course. I don't get that. Anyway. That's very old. Uh, yeah, it is. I did it. It's very good. It got me sleeping again. Uh, and one of the things they say, you're not allowed naps. It's the, it's right. the end of the world. Don't, don't take naps. Okay. Jesus, don't take naps. But recently I have been taking a nap. Uh, I'm feeling dreadful. I don't really know why I'm doing it, but yeah, I'm also I'm also tired. But I'm not any, I'm not taking any medication, so I don't, don't really know okay. where my tiredness comes from. I think I don't. I'm very conscious of saying things like I am depressed, or the the one that I'm really wary of saying is burnout, because right. I think that not to offend. The, well, there's the all these things on there. I mean, there's you know the snowflake generation and and we're Gen X and all that but I, I i feel that those sorts of terms things like burnout and depression and they've become almost an excuse for getting out of doing things right okay you know they've become an excuse why you can't go to work oh i'm burnt out uh, or that, I, I think they're just banded about too easily there are certain things that are very sound bitey aren't they um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that, but I mean, fatigue is a is a symptom of depression. Oh, um, sure, you know, a, a physical symptom, and there's no getting around that. I mean, some people suffer from it worse than others, I think, but um, but no, it's it's in there. I I'm kind of with you on the burnout thing. I don't like that that sort of term. I I don't think that you can shy away from depression as a term personally because it is you know because it's a condition it's, oh yeah know. no absolutely i've just i would hate anyone yeah it's the, the boy who cried wolf though isn't it it's the, yeah you know it's it is the, overused how many people are using it just because they've got a headache and they had too much to drink last night and they don't want to go yeah. to work i'm burnt no, out totally. or i'm depressed or i yeah. feel you know whereas those with a genuine condition and then somehow marred with the same brush, with the same idea that, well, I, yeah. just don't I think certainly with the first time I was diagnosed with depression, I was very clear with the doctor because he, he said, well, I'll write you off work. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, 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 I don't, I can't have that. That's no good. But then I do feel that burnout is, well, as you say, perhaps a better word is fatigue is mm-hmm. very definitely a contributing factor. Certainly at the moment, uh, you know, I am, I've been I've said quite a lot that I'm being furloughed on an almost daily basis which sounds great because we all did the first few lockdowns and it was wonderful we all sat around doing fuck all but it's it's not that I'm I might be I might be furloughed I might not be working an 11 hour day with four hours two hours of driving at either end Mm. but I'm not sat here on my backside watching Netflix I'm caring for my dad or I'm doing the shopping or I'm doing the washing or I'm doing the cleaning or I'm mm. taking care of an acre and a half of garden or I'm you know I'm always I'm trying to get my own business off the ground I'm trying to field emails and make calls and do the marketing and it's yeah. all this stuff constantly plus the the stress slash pressure of dad's hospital appointments and dad's meds that I've got to go and get. And these meds aren't ready and you've got to go back that day. And Mm. there's a lot going on, man. I'm, and I'm not alone. I don't, I'm not, I don't want people, I'm not saying that I'm special or in any way different to anyone else. There's just, there's a lot of psychic chaos. There's a lot going on. Yeah. And then if you add into that, you need, you know, I need space to grieve or I need space to 
meditate or I need space for my own mental health. That's there's tons going on, man. It's tricky, isn't it? I think you have to you you just have to make time. You have to make time for you. How do you what do you do? What do you do for you? How do you how do you kind of deal with stuff? Quite honestly, I don't know. And I was thinking about this recently. You know, people have vices or hobbies or ways of releasing. Mm. And I don't know what mine are anymore. I mean, I used to drink. Yeah. Uh, a lot, you know, and I would I would always tell myself, whether it's an excuse or not, I don't know, but I would always tell myself that that was, that was my downtime. That was respite from myself. That was yeah. slowing my brain down from doing that. The Marvel film flicker book yeah. intro thing. That was my head as soon as I wake up from dusk till dawn. Um, and so drinking was a way of just slowing that down and, and taking some time for me. And that's not what it was. It was because I didn't want to face the reality of life. Yeah. Uh, and I've, I don't drink anymore. It's been over a year now that I haven't had a drink. Good old boy. Thanks, mate. And some people do drugs, but I can't afford those. So that's out. <laughs> some people, I don't know. I don't have a release. I mean, I run when I can. Yeah. Uh, although I feel great at the end of it, but I'm trying to get back to that place where I love running. And I, and I did love running for a long time, mm. but now at the moment it's still, I'm still in that. It's a chore. It's something I know I have to do. I know I'm going to feel great at the end of it, but I'm not enjoying the process. Right. Cause you did, didn't you for a, for a long time. Yeah, that's right. And, and I think uh, having something to work toward, like uh, they're starting to open up again now, but certainly over the last 18 months, there's been no races there's been no yeah. half marathons there's been none of that so i've had nothing to really train for sure so what's the point well uh, other than my own mental health which can yeah i'm all right you've just answered it haven't you you need to run yeah. for you you need to run for, to run for, for the endorphins yeah yeah it, i don't know i i think you and i again the the creative brain the um the creative brain coupled with being essentially self-employed we have this need to to have everything pay pay us money yeah i i certainly do i'm very very guilty of this and so as soon as you fall in love with something you try and monetize it i try and monetize it so whether it's music doing gigs teaching that's money rather than Mm. just I mean, music very quickly became a chore uh, when it became a profession. And then being an artist, okay, I love painting and I love photography and all of that, but I'm quite good at it. So maybe I can make some money. Mm. And then that becomes a chore because you're constantly marketing. And then running. I've even had the same thing. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm an okay runner, but maybe I could start a running group or sell running prints or make yeah. t-shirts or, oh my God. And I never do anything, everything that's been a hobby, I've, I try to make a job. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I mean, it's obvious, isn't it? Go back to painting and don't try and, you know, do it for you. Oh, it's an yeah, approval thing, I though, isn't it? The time can. Well, it's approval, but it's also, you know, it, if I hadn't just spent four hours on this painting that's never going to see the light of day because it's going to go in a cupboard or in the bin, because the process is the product for me, yeah the bit that i like is the is the thing but if i'd spent that four hours promoting my print business I might that doesn't make you happy nothing makes me happy <laughs> <laughs> that's not true i make you true. happy <laughs> i think your your daughter is is very much kind of um an antidepressant for you isn't she 
my daughter is the best thing that's ever happened exactly anything ever same her, you know her, her school report came through and um they described her as a model student <laughs> a model pupil are you sure my she's daughter. your daughter <laughs> well i've had nothing to do with that have I? But, if you um, if she didn't look like you without a beard um <laughs> i I'd, I'd question it quite heavily but yeah, yeah she's a good girl yeah no uh, anytime you know it's very difficult to be depressed uh when she's mm. Yeah. No, I'm I'm the same. I think it's kind of um, kid time, and I can take myself off, you know, to to the man cave and watch a film or decent cinema, yeah. twenty minute drive yeah. away, and and sure. rinse my unlimited card. <clears throat> yeah. So I I mean I I I don't find that managing my mental health is massively complicated, but it's you know still doesn't mean that you don't have shit parts and down parts and sure. And you've got quite I mean you've got quite a household, so I think. As you say, the the time element. There's always something to do, isn't it? I mean, irrespective of how many are in the house, there's always something to do if you if you yeah. are alive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, certainly if you you know you, you live in where you live and you've got four kids running around, mm. all with different needs. Well, five. You know, a house. Uh, there's six people in your house that, yeah. at any one time, and and a dog, yeah. and they've all got needs. They've all got their own mental health to deal with. Uh, and those that are too young to be able to deal with their own mental health need support and help. Yeah. You need to set them in, you know, form good habits and set them in good stead for the future when they are in charge of their own mental health. Yeah. And that's exhausting. You know, that's. Yeah. But, you know, it's all. I mean, it's important. I, I don't begrudge any Of course. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. Um, but it is exhausting. I mean, uh, you know, my daughter, when she gets. She gets upset by whatever. It's not important what she gets upset by, but but trying to stay upbeat so that she doesn't get upset yeah. by that. And it's the same, you know, managing her mental health, managing my dad's mental health. My dad is very easily slipping into the absolute pits of, dis- of despair. Mm. And staying upbeat and, hey, hey, you've got chemo this week? Great, let's go and we'll get coffee afterwards. And there's something yeah. to report to all that. And just at the end of the day, it's like, oh, God. It's all shit. Everything's shit. And I can't tell anyone that everything's shit. Uh, yeah, you can. <laughs> I just have... Well, you can. That's why you have a therapist. And then they say, well, it's not all shit, is it? Why, do what need is not being met that makes you think that everything is shit? And I say, well, it's because no one's doing all that upbeat stuff for me. No. But it is difficult. I, I just... I find that exhausting. I find staying positive and staying upbeat because well, like you, you say, know. it is exhaustive. And, and particularly if you're a depressive, yes. it's not a natural setting, is it? That you no. will kind of be much more sort of level and neutral, I think. Yeah. And sort of up bits are nice when they happen, but you know, but they're certainly not part of your regular one's regular kind of you know daily setting. Yeah, it's not your go-to. It's not a default, is it? No, it's not a default position. And I think that you know, even as a depressive, it's not even what you're aiming for. You're aiming for not being depressed. It's not that you're trying to be happy. You're trying not to be low. I think certainly for me, kind of, I think is is yeah. um, is the way that my brain works a lot of the time. Yeah. I think, yeah, you're trying not to be depressed. I think also, well, I think that's initially the goal, isn't it? Is you go to the doctor and you say, I feel depressed and I don't want to be depressed. 
but actually I think if you're a career depressive like you and I mm. it's something that you it's not a temporary thing it is for life and it's about managing and I think you, your perspective changes doesn't it and so now it's less about not being depressed more about for me it's more about understanding yeah when no, I, I agree like to happen and, and, and when and how to do how to deal with the not or manage them or just more about the permission to question yeah why do i feel that i said it before i said it already not to repeat myself but why do i feel this way and what would change the way that i feel i'm in charge of my feelings and i've interpreted this situation as something that angers me but why am i being angered by this situation it's Mm. another driver on the road well there are knobheads I can't help that they're in our bed, so don't be angry. Or I'm angry because they've put my car and my family in danger. Yeah. Okay, well, are you dead in a ball of flames? No. Well, you're probably going to be okay then. So just chill out and let him Be in our bed go. on his own. I think, yeah, yeah exactly. My, I think something that I'm learning to be better at in situations like that is why are they special? Is this feeling of why do they get to get away with it? Mm. I, I still I struggle a bit with that. You know, why do they get to be this way and not give a fuck? Whereas if it were me, the, all hell would break loose or whatever. Yeah. It's kind I of a so- social justice sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Going back to the, uh, the, the, the squirt, how, um, how's oh, yeah. she dealt with, uh, with losing her, uh, her nonna? Very well, actually. She was a bit weird at the start. It's difficult. I think it's difficult because she lives with her mum mm. and Nonna died around Christmas time or just before Christmas. So, so she was supposed to come, Annie was supposed to come to me on Boxing Day as normal, yeah. which we do every year. But then her family had got COVID. Right. So then that was all postponed. And then New Year it was postponed again or something else happened. I don't know. So, and she, there was a, there was a period where she wouldn't talk to me on the phone. She wouldn't FaceTime me. She didn't want to talk to dad because she didn't want me to get upset and her not be able to give me a cuddle. Oh, bless her. Which was wonderful. I was very proud of her. Um, Such a sweet thing. They pull yeah. it out, don't they? They really do. They do. Um, but she's been around quite a lot of death and quite a lot of... <laughs> That sounds dreadful. It's not born. On <laughs> but, um, her She's training up to be the Grim Reaper or something. Jesus. <laughs> right. Her her stepbrother, um, his mother yep. died just bef- just a few days before my mum. Wow. Okay. So her her stepdad's ex wife. Yeah. If you like, and they uh, that's been that had been happening for a long time. That only she wasn't supposed to see Christmas the previous year. Oh she right. Did, okay. she so so that was sort of a long time coming. But she was very good at dealing with it. And her mum, you know, her, my ex-wife, her mother, is, is very good at, at explaining things and mm. pulling no punches. But, but in a sympathetic way, she's very good at that stuff. And so she'd explained it all to Anya. Uh, and, and she's been brilliant about it. And I think when I eventually got my hands on my little girl in the new year and we could talk about it and she saw that there was nothing to fear, mm. you know, because it's, it's a bit odd that Nonna's not here. And it's a bit odd that Pops is very sad. And it's a bit odd that we can't do some of the things that we used to do. But actually, something I've been very conscious of, which is not like me or not perhaps the way that I grew up, is to 
continue to talk about it. Mm. It's to continue, you know. So she wants to, I mean, she's phoned me on countless occasions for, on her way back from school and said, Dad, I'm, I really miss Nonna. Right. And that's wonderful because she knows that she can talk to me about it. Yeah. She knows that it's okay to miss Nonna. I, I miss Nonna. What, and we talk about some of the favorite things that we used to do with Nonna and what would Nonna do in this situation. And she's very much still a part of our lives. She's very much something that we still talk about as if she's still here. Yeah. Because I don't want her to lose those memories of, of doing all that stuff that she did with her grandmother. Yeah. It's a funny age, isn't it? Up to kind of six. I mean, how, how much do we really remember? Exactly. You know, before that sort of age is um yeah. So so yeah, I'm very conscious precious. of you know pictures in her her room. We've got some framed pictures of her and her and my mum together. And we were playing a couple of weeks ago, and she was making um, sort of cut out letters for everyone. Um, and she made one for Nonna and gave right. it to Pops. It was worth P for Pops and then N for Nonna. And and I think it's hugely important because it it wasn't important for me it's hugely important that she knows it's safe to talk about this stuff. Yeah. It's safe to talk about anything because my parents never talked about anything. Mm. Uh, and as a result, I'm not very good about talking about stuff. Uh, and it's something that I'm continually working on, but I want my daughter to be able to talk about anything. anything. Yeah. And knowing think... that she's not going to be judged or in trouble or, sure. you know, there's, there's no, there's no, nothing wrong with talking about anything. Mm. Do you think that she is um, is kind of programmed the way that, that you are, or is she more mum in terms of her kind of thought processes and emotional stuff? And I, what I mean is, do you think that she's going to have a, um, oh, oh God, you know, the dog's going to die at, you know, that kind of epiphany oh, that you had? Or is it, is she more kind of mum's brain? Honestly, I don't know. I think from I think she's she's definitely getting as every kid does, but she's definitely getting both of us. Her school, I mean, her school report that came through recently, and we had parents evening a couple of days ago. The you know they said she's excelling at reading and maths in particular. Well, that's mm. that's entirely her mum. Sure. I mean, we read, of course, but. Uh, and I have turned, I've taken my mum's role of being grammar Nazi and correcting everyone, but particularly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but the, but the, the maths, the science, the analytics, the, 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 the knowing the rules and applying them, that's entirely her mum. But then they also said she's also excelling at art. She's creating stuff. And again, as Anya and I have talked about, it's not necessarily a finished product, it's the process and the thought. And so when mm. her teachers say, okay, what are you painting? And she'll say, I'm painting a big black square. And they'll say, why are you painting a big black square? And she's able to tell them why. So the process, the, the thought process, the artistic mm. development is there to not such a great extent because she doesn't see me as much as she sees her mum. But it is there. So in terms of her brain and how it functions, I would think that she will apply the rules She'll know mm. the theory that this person has gone. I feel sad about it, but there's nothing I can do. But then also, hopefully, she'll be able to express that. Yeah. There's something creative, whether that's just language, but she will be able to, to work through that in a creative and thoughtful way, not just be, you know, uh, rain man about it. It's tricky. Yeah. It's tricky dealing with kids kind of and 
you know, sort of second tier down in terms of sort of losing a grandparent is what I mean, not sort of a, a parent, oh, yeah. you know, not mum and dad, yeah. but kind of the next next lot along. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm curious because because um, my dad is very much kind of alive in the conversation with with Orson, but he obviously died, you know, a long time before oh, yeah. he was born. I sure. mean, he was, you know, died a year and a half before Daisy was born. She's just turned 16. Yeah. So, um, Jesus. I know, yeah, I know. College in September. She's terrifying. not 16. She's four. Did you just if say only, college? Yes. They don't do college for four-year-olds. <laughs> Jesus Christ, uh, well, apparently they do. So, no. So I think it's always something that always interests me in in sort of you know how how parents deal with it and how the kids deal with it and yeah, what, what's been said about you know after what happens after you die? Nothing. She said anything, or have you? No. 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 She, I mean, we've. She knows about heaven and hell. Well, I don't think she knows about hell. She knows about this idea of heaven. She understands the idea of uh, God uh, and all that, but it's not something that's practiced. Right. I mean, she she knows about it from school and from interacting with other people. But her mum isn't religious. I'm not religious. It's not something. We, I mean, we we visited the went on a bike ride and visited the local church recently, and she understands that. She understands what a church is for. Yeah. Uh, or why we have churches and she understands things like the bible and and the cross and stained glass windows even and their representations and all that kind of stuff but i think what she understands about its purpose is that it's a contemplative place it's a place for remembering it's a place to be quiet and alone with your thoughts it's not a religious thing for her yeah right and I think that religion is, it's a bit of, a, it's obviously a minefield, but it's taught in a very different way, if it's taught at all, to from when we were that age. Yeah. You know, so, because there are so many religions that you have to be aware of and sympathetic to, that there's almost no religion because there are so many. Anyway, I'm getting off topic, sorry. Um, <laughs> so in terms of what happens after, I mean, she said, where is Nonna? And we had right. the conversation about, well, physically, she's gone. But what all the stuff that makes Nonna Nonna remains in our thoughts and in our hearts. And, you know, yeah. that's why it's so important to talk about, you know, what would Nonna do in this situation? Well, I think she'd do this. Or, you know, what, what do you remember doing with Nonna? Well, I loved baking fairy cakes. And, and that's the stuff that keeps her alive. So there's not, she's not looking down on us. There's no, there's no notion of she might still be somewhere, you know, mm. there's no kind of false hope that we'll hook up again. Oh, no, that's good. No, that's wrong. False hope was too harsh a word. I didn't, but there's, there's not, when you're dead, you're dead. Yeah. And it's up to us to remember that person. Otherwise they're truly dead. I am H.O. in my humble opinion. So yeah, which is why it's, it's so important to talk about. Yeah. And does um does she have any bits and pieces of of Nonna's? Do you have kind of any physical you know physical stuff? Yeah, a couple of a couple of bits and pieces here and there. Although, she, and this was her suggestion, and another moment that broke my heart into a thousand pieces and stuck it back together again was she said, "Oh, we could get a box and put a load of stuff in it from Nonna uh, to remember her by." Nice. Yeah, which was great. Which we we haven't done yet, but we are going to do. Um, in fact, I made my mother a box which we filled with a Christmas gift one time. So right. I thought that would be a useful yeah, vessel. Yeah, nice, cool. What's, what's yeah. she got? Do you mind me asking? Um, it's just stuff. I mean, it's just a little, like, my mum had a jar full of these, they're little glass ornaments, really. I suppose they're right. sort of 
and you call them treasure, known as treasure. <laughs> uh, they're sort of little gemstones. You put them in flower arranging or whatever. Yeah, yeah. We used to have games with them, so they were quite important. Uh, okay. So Annie's got a bunch of those. And yeah, just kind of little trinkets, really. I think the stuff that is important is things like she's got an apron from when they used to bake fairy cakes together right. yeah. that my mum made with her name on okay. it. Okay, that's very sweet. Um, her Christmas stocking uh, has got my mum made it and it's got yeah. Annie on it. Oh, man. I mean, that, she'll that use that forever, won't she? Yeah. Well, I've still got mine. Yeah. I mean, no one fills it because I've been naughty. <laughs> But um, uh, only with uh, coal yeah, and poo. Only with coal and poo. Don't even get an orange. Just orange uh. poo. <laughs> so yeah, there's there's definitely. I mean, she has stuff. Yeah. And coupled with coupled with pictures, which again is yes. a modern. That's a modern thing, isn't it? You know, I, Annie is almost annoyed every time I get my phone out to take a picture of something. She's like, oh, for God's sake, Dad, put it away. But um, but it, that is something that isn't. I mean, we have it to an extent, but it wasn't that prevalent. Certainly for my mum's period, my mum's era, you know, mm. the, the ability to cap to couple pictures with anecdotes or pictures with trinkets. So hopefully that will help keep memories alive. I think um, because my dad was a keen photographer before he, you know, even took up photography. Uh, you know, I think we've probably got. A, a bit more in terms of I remember going to your stuff. house and them um, being rolls of film in a fridge I could never understand that <laughs> god that was a uh, yeah yeah that's a, a while ago remember that ago. film Jesus film film <laughs> yeah let me have a little look at I know it's uh, did he did he really no you, you did <laughs> me yeah Oh, okay. You know what? All I uh, the, the, my memories of your dad are the film in the fridge, him drinking red wine and doing mm. the Homer Simpson wine voice, <laughs> and, and him endlessly taking the Mickey out of me when I moved to Lowestoft. Yeah, it's because everyone has sex and with their own cousins from there. That's why. I well, I know that now. <laughs> but, um, I used to take the meat. I've been there for Christmas one year, and he said, "What are you having for dinner?" Haddock. And um, it was only in, it was only quite recently that you posted something. On, you posted something on Facebook that he used to spend loads of time up here. Yeah, that's that's why he knew he was, he was researching mm. all the mutants that Christ. that come from Norfolk. Researching <laughs> the mutants. Makes it's like Charles article. Darwin. He had a whole kind of museum full of uh, webbed feet. <laughs> New genius, <laughs> normal for normal. <laughs> oh dear! Is there anything you didn't say to Mum that you wish you had? Not really. I mean, I, that changes. There's a thousand things every day that I think God, I wish I'd said that to Mum. But none mm. of it's important. Most of it's you know just stuff, just stuff in it. Yeah, stuff that you want to tell your mum. But um, no, there's not. There's no big secret or a big admission or big sort of no. How are you? Um, how are you dealing with dad being ill? Different to to mum. Is there is there a kind of a, a major difference? Because I mean, you, Chris, you you know, you've got the horrendous, you know, the the horrendous kind of task of having to do it twice within very kind of you know, yeah, kind of close succession. No, I don't. I'm not dealing with it any differently. Uh, it is what it is. We're playing the hand that we've been dealt with. I'm trying to 
be upbeat and pragmatic, which I was with mum. Mm. It's more difficult with dad because he's not, his brain doesn't work like that, as we've discussed. Yeah. Um, whereas mum was very much kind of, uh, mm. you know, whatever, bring it on. Which my dad still, it's not even that he wants to fight the reality. He just is stuck in wishing it was a, a time when it, this wasn't the reality. Right. Well, that's, it, that's no good. It doesn't, you know. Anyway, so I, I'm not dealing, I mean, it's, it's more difficult to stay upbeat. It's more tiring to stay upbeat, I guess. Mm. But when I, I'm not dealing with it any differently. I'm just, I'm being as supportive as I can be and, and asking the questions and trying to stay on top of, I think I'm, there's a danger, isn't there, when, when someone becomes ill, especially if it's a parent, because we're, as children, and this will happen to us when our kids get older, as children, we think our parents are idiots, don't we? I mean, we do. We think that they're absolute imbeciles. Uh, maybe as you get, yeah, as you get older. You aren't maybe, capable. Maybe. Because we've got our own worldview and we've done things, we've rebelled against our parents and we've come up with this new way of, of living life. It's much better than they did because they didn't have any of our experiences or expertise. And so our parents are complete morons. Um, and so, you know, there's this, there's this idea that when they become ill, that you have to, you have to parent them. Mm. You have to take over. And it's, it's almost twice as bad if you are a parent because you know what that's like. So you have yeah. that kind of that authority or that power <clears throat> or whatever that is. So there are moments where he's not asked a question or he's forgotten something to ask the doctor or, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, he's not done something. And, and so I, and, and also because he's less able to do these things, mm. there's, there are tipping points where you could very well take over. And I have to stop myself and say, he's not made of sugar. He can do this stuff. And I think my yeah. biggest frustration is, is when he doesn't do that stuff because it's added pressure on me to do that stuff. But that's also why you're there to kind of, Absolutely. there's a lot of stuff that doesn't, you know, that couldn't absolutely. occur to you if you're the one sort of dealing with it all, you know? Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, so I'm trying to, but, but as with everything, you know, it's finding that balance between the two is letting him still be the dad, still be my dad mm. and the strong dad that he wants to be. And also just making sure that all bases are covered. Yeah. You know, that we're not going to lose him because we've forgotten to ask a question or because we've got the wrong meds or whatever mm. it is. So I don't know. I'm not the only, I suppose the only difference is that between my mum and my dad is that when mum was poorly, there were two of us doing that, although my dad did go to pieces. So it was still essentially me. And and now it's just me. Mm. So, but no, I, I think, you know, again, I've dealt with the outcome, irrespective of what the outcome is, if that makes sense. Like it, he might live another 20 years. Yeah. This chemo might, it might, it's not going to go into remission, but the cancer might stop and he mm. might live another 20 years. Brilliant. But he's going to yeah. die. And what's um, die, so. what's on the menu next for for dad? He said he's um had his second second lot of chemo. Second, so I've not checked. Yeah, he had his second lot yesterday. So I this weekend's going to be pretty rough. Of course, we've timed it rather badly because Anya comes up every other weekend, and they have to coincide now with right chemo weekends. Um, so I've not been to check on him today. I imagine he'll be asleep for most of today, but I will go and check on him. Um, he's got another couple of weeks of taking the pills chemo 
yeah. and then they have a review. Um, right. So we've got a telephone appointment with his oncologist, and then the week after we've got a telephone appointment with his. Uh, what's the one for heart? I, I'm stuck on gynecologist, and it's not. <laughs> um, cardiologist. <laughs> With his cardiologist. That was a problem I couldn't get past the vagina either. I couldn't, you know, yeah. I couldn't get that far up. And then when you said it, um... I couldn't get that far up. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, cardi- uh, oncology and then and then cardiology reviews because his heart's very bad. Right. Um, basically, we had this big scare that his heart wouldn't cope with the chemo, and they had to do an angiogram and go in and see what was going on. And basically, he's got two two of his arteries have turned to stone essentially. Right. Um, uh, chalked calcium deposits uh, so they might have to go in and literally drill this stuff off his heart my god or bypass it completely now all of that means a, a huge chance of death yeah so I don't know but uh, with I guess he's got another CT scan um, in a few weeks so the, you do four weeks of this chemo and then you have a week off where they assess everything right. and then you go back on it for four weeks okay but he's already got his next set of treatments in the diary, so I assume they're, they're going to continue. Yeah. Um, unless they see something dreadful. It was good. It's good. To yeah. This, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's all happening. Uh, they're worried about his lungs. I mean, it's, it's, he had it, the, ki- the cancer started in his kidneys, which seemed to be functioning fine, although they can't operate on them because he'll lose both kidneys. So, but it spread to his lungs, which is what they're worried about. Right. So he gets very out of breath. And, yeah, yeah. When he coughs, it's... <coughs> Excuse me. That was very poorly timed, wasn't it? That for... was a terrible timing. Yeah. Sorry, I'm... <laughs> <coughs> All phlegmy and horrible today. All phlegmy and horrible. Mm-hmm. All cancery nice. and horrible. Uh, well, is there anything else you want to... You wanna... We've we've bollocked on for nearly two hours. That's quite impressive. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. No, I feel like... I feel like, no, I don't think there's anything else to cover. Uh, again, I, I think going into this, I was sort of slight, I did, I, I, hands up, I didn't listen to, I haven't listened to any of the others. That's uh, all good. Sent me because I, I ran out of time yesterday. Because fuck you. I did, I, well, no, that's fine. I did start, if we're going down that route, I did start listening to you one, but I couldn't get past your Radio 4 impression. Um, <laughs> had me on the floor. So I was like, you suddenly got, you got, you got all very quiet and sexy and, well, Everyone know. deals with grief in a different way. <laughs> this is uh, Doctor Luke here to make everything. See, and I, I just I, I can't hear the difference myself. Like, oh, I've, I've had this a, a bit, but you know, <laughs> you're the man who wrote a song called "Who's Your Daddy." Don't give me that. <laughs> I care about everyone's shit. Uh, no, so I was a bit <laughs> apprehensive about coming into this and it being just you and me cocking around for two hours. Um, because I don't, I don't think that I approach grief in the way that many people do. I think that I've, I've already dealt with it when I was mm. six to an extent. Whether that was the way I formed it, I don't know. But I've already dealt with it in a way. I'm going to be sad that these people leave my life. Of course I am. But the world will turn. Mm. You know, we'll wake up tomorrow. The sun will, will come up. The world will go on. And we have a responsibility to keep the memory of those people alive. Because we can't keep the physical being alive. It happens. You know, nothing's going to change that. We can't, and actually we don't want it to change because of overpopulation. But uh, for me personally, and and of course it goes without saying that I can only talk for me personally, I I just need to get on with stuff. 
<laughs> as we've discovered from people living our li leaving our lives, life is too short to spend mm. your time grieving in that way. It's too short for me to spend my time grieving in that way. I just, I think that the people who have left my life would want me to just get on with things. I know my mum would. Mm. Get on with it, Toby. <laughs> I think that's uh, you should have that on your head on your headstone. Should have got just, on with it. Just get on with just it. Get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have that tattooed on my ass. I think. Um, <laughs> Is there any space left? Oh, there's a, it's a big ass. It's, uh, <laughs> hey, hurt, hurt. <laughs> uh, uh, Oh, thank you, dude. It's been it's been really yeah, nice to nice to chat about about stuff, and um, yeah. it's it's really nice that you kind of your take on stuff is is quite different from the the conversations that you know that we've had and you know so far. And it, I'd be interested to you know if you do get around to listening to to the other podcasts, whether you know, just yeah, to, I will see your take as on them really. As I say, it was yesterday. Was it was a uh, three hours, four hours waiting outside a hospital, and then an acre and a half of lawns to mow. Yeah, uh, which it's is all good because it's raining. So yeah, no, I will get around to it. I, uh, yeah, I think. <clears throat> yeah, it is good to talk about this stuff. I think that mm. people don't talk about it. I think any of those things that they're becoming less taboo now, aren't they? But um, yeah, you know, I think certainly our generation were the were the last of the stiff up stiff up a lip i mean i think you can still be stiff up a lip because i am being life will mm. go on but i think that a little bit of being able to talk about depression or anxiety or death or yeah the fact that i feel really down because i miss my mum that's huge because i we didn't have that no and i think it's it's such a big thing that i i think just kind of in in life in general in the working in the working world you know i I think that there was probably a time where you saw depression on, you know, as on a medical part of a job application. You probably, you know, that probably oh, sort yeah. of went in the, in the uh, no thank you bin pile. Um, yeah. Just because it wasn't understood, and it wasn't understood that yeah. you can function normally, and you can, you know, there there are plenty of us that manage it on a fairly, you know, a fairly sort of um, decent level day to day. Yeah. Um, well that's if anyone i mean i know the, the the point more of your podcast of this podcast is well it's i mean it's about grief and mental health but if anyone can take something away is that it can be managed mm. that it's okay you know i think you and i again when we came out if you like for want of a better expression and said we're depressed i was very conscious and i know you were to talk to everyone about it I mean, I, you were one of the yeah. first people I spoke to about it yeah. uh, because people, we don't talk about it. Our generation still don't talk about it and it is okay to talk about it. And actually the more people I spoke to about it, the more people said, you know what, Tobes, maybe I need to see a doctor. Yeah. Uh, and everyone was on antidepressants and everyone came back and said, <clears> the best thing I was going to talk to them. Uh, it can be managed and it is okay to admit to these things. Uh, and if anyone, you know, the fears are, people will think less of you well fuck them yeah <laughs> you know, yeah that's quite fuck them fuck them i mean most people think that of me anyway so fuck them <laughs> you've just got to get on with it you've got to look out for the, yourself yeah and i think it's a good point about you know more people you know as soon as you're you kind of 
out yourself about you know, it's a terrifying statistic isn't it the whole thing of kind of 70 yeah. percent of professional creatives you know yeah. suffer from mental health issues um, farmers do you know that really farmers yeah huge problem in the, in the farming community because they're all sat tractors staring at the horizon all day every day yeah I mean, and it sounds like i'm winding up to a punchline but it's terrifying it's something yeah. like 85 percent of farmers wow i've got of suicidal thoughts it's, it's crazy and ridiculous <laughs> days as well you know it's a hell of a lifestyle isn't it the fact that you don't have oh, yeah. time off and you you know your days are kind of at, at sort of god knows what time in the morning and you, you yeah all the way through to night yeah. and you can't have holidays and you can't blah 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 you're still you know scraping up pig shit on christmas day and they love pig shit farmers yeah we'll live live pig shit Look, don't default to a somerset accent what's wrong with you such a stereotype uh, yeah i know but you know what can you do <laughs> right mr kennedy right, it's been a it's been a pleasure thank you for Thanks, mate. for doing this and um yeah you thank know you chatting asking. about stuff I love to myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh God! And uh, and on on that note, on that bombshell, yeah, I'm going to go because I need a wee again. Honestly, okay. Bladder. I think we need to have a bladder-based podcast. You'll you'll be hosting. <laughs> bladder cast. <laughs> With, uh, yeah. All right. Bye. I right, dude. Take care. So there we go, Pod 4B. Uh, thanks again to the lovely Toby Kennedy, Unky P. Uh, it was really nice to, to chat to him. He was in his living room. I was in the man cave um, and via Zoom. So apologies if there are the, the occasional audio tweaks and um, whatever, uh, such is life. Next uh, week, next couple of weeks will be um, my chat with the lovely Sam Vale, dancer, choreographer, general well-being um, mentor, and cancer survivor. Um, we'll be talking about all sorts of bits and pieces. Um, she's a very lovely, positive, fantastic human being. I was going to say not like that miserable bastard Toby Kennedy, but he, he'll take terrible offence. I don't mean it. I love you, man. Yeah, so that will be out uh, next week and the week after. Pod six, I am yet to um, to nail down. So yes, I'll let you know on that one. If you'd like to sponsor the show, uh, please get in touch. Um, and all the usual business, really. Please like, subscribe, share, tell your friends, tell your mum, you know, all that sort of stuff. If you like what you're hearing, please also leave a review. That sort of stuff um, makes us massively more visible to people that haven't already found this podcast and um that means more more listeners so uh yes if you're able to to take a minute to leave a review that'd be brilliant make it nice one eh? it makes us feel good about ourselves as well thanks very much for listening as always and um take care of yourselves and, and we'll uh we'll talk next week all right take care bye this podcast has been recorded, edited and produced by me, Luke Aldridge, here at the Man Cave. Thanks, as always, to Joe Auckland for the music, and this has been a Papa Bear Chronicles production. <laughs>